Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. As of this morning, San Francisco, Santa Clara, Alameda, and Contra Costa County stay-at-home orders are in effect, and county officials decided not to wait for the state to issue orders for the Bay Area. As of tomorrow at noon, Marin County will also be under a stay-at-home order, and all these orders will stay in place until January 4th, 2021. We're going to talk about what you can and cannot do under the order, what this means for the holidays, and why the counties felt They could not wait for the state. And joining me now is Dr. Nicholas Moss, Alameda County Health Officer. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. And this goes into effect today on Pearl Harbor Day in Alameda. Uh, Stay at home is the order of business until the 4th of January. As I said, why did you decide, uh, Dr. Moss, uh, not to wait for the state order and go ahead now? Well, when we were looking at what was happening in Alameda County, but also across the region, we just felt that things were accelerating too fast to wait for um, for us to take further action. We had uh, moved into the state's purple tier just a few weeks ago, but we were not seeing any evidence of stabilization and our, our hospital rates were increasing, our case rates were increasing. So uh, in, in the best interest, I think of the public health of, of our residents and really we, this seemed to be true across the region. It was it was time to act. And you, as well as uh, the other regions that decided to act and act now, um, are pretty much following the governor's uh, orders here. I mean, what he spoke about is the necessity to do another uh, lockdown. That's right. The, the most important thing is to just to stay home as much as possible. And unless people have to do some of those, you know, essential activities that are permitted, the overall message is, we really need to all uh, stay home or stay where we're living and, and, and just avoid uh, the gathering together those settings where we know COVID can spread. And what we've tried to do is really uh, be in alignment with the state's orders um, you know, almost completely. Uh, even though we are, we are moving earlier, we're moving before we hit the state's threshold, everything else is really lining up with what the state has directed. And these are the most severe um, orders that have gone out since March. Uh, and we've known, learned a lot, certainly, about COVID since then. But 
Let me just talk with you briefly about what this means, and then people can ask questions and certainly get uh, you to codify as best you can. But we're talking about closing outdoor dining and personal care services and playgrounds and bars and wineries. I mean, just a whole host of things, movie theaters, museums, zoos, um, restaurants now, takeout and delivery only. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And and some of these things were already closed in, in most of the state because our county and others were in the purple tier. So for example, movie theaters, you know, were already closed, but, um, but this does add a, an, an additional layer of restriction on top of that, those purple tier restrictions. And since we were just talking about schools and COVID with uh, two of the state's biggest union heads, uh, let's talk about what this means for K to 12. I assume any school that's open can stay open, uh, that, but you can't get a new waiver. Is that right? Well, so uh, that's right. The state has not changed any uh, schools policy with this order. And, and uh, we agree with that approach here in Alameda County. So schools that were um, already open can remain open. It's sort of the, the, the purple tier uh, policies. Um, we are not um, uh, accepting waivers at this time just because of the uh, you know, the instability, the daily increases in our rates. Uh, we, we are comfortable with the schools that are open. They've, they've had some time to practice. They, they know what they're doing, uh, remaining open, but um, we're going to hold off any waivers until things uh, stabilize a bit. We're talking with Dr. Nicholas Moss, Alameda County's health officer. And if you have questions about the new stay-at-home orders or if you want to let us know what you think about the Bay Area officials deciding to impose these orders, you can give us a call right now, and I invite you to do that. Our toll-free number is available. It's 866-733-6786. You can join us now by phone by calling in toll-free, 866-733-6786. And you can also, of course, get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any questions or comments you might have to forum at kqed.org. Dr. Moss, uh, I was reading a statement that you made where you said it's, and I think this is apt and certainly uh, crystallizes what a lot of people are feeling, that you understood that it was heartbreaking and frustrating uh, for many uh, who now are asking uh, to do so much after they have been asked uh, to do even more, excuse me, <laughs> previously they're being asked to do even more than they were asked previously, perhaps. Um, and, and you've talked about the need to take action now, but what do you say to those I'll use your language here, those people who are frustrated and heartbroken uh, about the necessity of this now and the importance of this. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hear from, from people directly, individuals, business owners, uh, communities. We, we, we are you know, reaching out and, and making ourselves available. I, I know this is very, very difficult, and it has been an extremely difficult year. Um, my um, my hope, and I, I really do believe that by acting early, we're going to, you know, flatten the curve. We're going to limit the degree to which this surge uh, impacts our residents, our communities, and hopefully get back to reopening sooner than we might otherwise. And and um, it's still it's asking a huge amount of our residents and our businesses to 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 make these um, you know sacrifices. But again. We're not alone in this. Um, I, I felt that that's why it was important to act uh, uh, generally with, with, in concert with the region. And, and as people may have seen, it's now um, uh, going to be true for um, large other parts of the state of California. And so, um, you know, we're not alone in this, but, but I, I think acting early will help us get back to reopening sooner. We're also talking about regulations that include, uh, well, <laughs> 
uh, only limiting numbers uh, congregating to uh, about 100 in terms of uh, the outdoors even. And uh, also, l let's just uh, touch briefly upon what's happening with infrastructure because you've got retail 20% capacity, right? Yeah, and the state is still making adjustments, or at least as of this morning, they had made some 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 final adjustments. And, and so um, we're going to, uh, as much as possible, to, to, to parallel those. It does mean uh, lower capacity, but, but not back to, uh, in March, if, if people remember, um, it was actually uh, more, more things were shut down. There was even, even more limits. So uh, we, we feel like it's important for people to, to be able to continue to access some of these services, retail services. And, you know, it's hard to parse out what should and shouldn't be open. The capacity limits are there. And, and also metering, we're really asking retail establishments to be very strict about how they manage those capacity limits just to try to keep people who are going into that indoor environment because of their essential needs to um, to keep the numbers down as much as possible, keep the crowds down. That will help limit the spread. Also, requirement of masks and physical distancing, right? Yeah, you know, in Alameda County, we were we were pretty early to to make the change over to to a, a mask order. Uh, you know, masks have have really I think helped limit um, what we've seen locally and across the state in terms of spread. And, and I think that, that that remains the case even now, even though we're seeing higher numbers, all the more reason to wear masks, face coverings, and any of these settings where you're gathering with people outside of the household. So it certainly applies to these indoor retail settings. Again, we're talking with Dr. Nicholas Moss, who is uh, Alameda County Health Officer. I'm going to go to your calls and emails. Uh, what do you say to those who are suffering from COVID fatigue? Well, you know, many others have said this, uh, the vaccine news has been extremely promising. It's, you know, it's not tomorrow, but, but hopefully in the coming months, we'll be able to really change our approach because we're going to be protecting our, our most uh, at-risk workers and our most medically vulnerable adults with vaccination. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think the numbers look very good. And if, if they bear out, it's, it's really almost miraculous. And I, I hope that um, that that means we'll we'll be able to change a little bit, move to to you know more things open, less restrictions, um, a more um, focused approach, um, and and so uh, so I, I do think that's cause for optimism. Still early, um, uh, we'll see, but but I hope that this is the last time we have to do this degree of of you know shutdown restrictions, um, and uh, and 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 um, get people to a place where it's, it's a little bit easier. Again, we're talking with Dr. Nicholas Moss, uh, head of Alameda County Public Health. And uh, today, these new rules go into effect in Alameda and in Berkeley and a number of other regions. Let me go to a caller named Berkeley. Berkeley, good morning. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so I have a couple questions. Um, I'm wondering... Between so I live in Alameda County and work um, in San Mateo County. Um, you know which regulations apply to me? Is it where I live or where I work? And then also specifically, I am leading a learning pod, so I'm like privately, you know, an independent contractor, privately employed. Um, and I'm wondering, do the regulations for childcare apply? I'm teaching like kids from two families, plus I sometimes have to bring my own child. Um, 
So can I keep working or do I have to totally stop? Um, and then if that's the case, I don't know if you know, but um, the uh, paid family leave, does that apply to people who are um, independently employed but have to stop working? Dr. Moss, can we get you to answer the questions posed by Berkeley? Sure. Sure. Uh, good. Good question. So, um, first of all, uh, the the um, restrictions for Alameda County they apply to residents and businesses of Alameda County. Essential work um, and also uh, generally um, uh, minimum basic operations uh, for for employers are allowed. Um, I know it's complicated um, it, it, for for some people to work out, and um, uh, so you know I appreciate you you making the effort. Um, but but our restrictions would apply uh, here in the county. Um, there are um, you know depending on on what the work is, um, uh, you know there are avenues to continue working, and, and the list of essential and critical infrastructure work is is pretty broad, um, and that includes childcare. Childcare uh, remains um, uh, you know permitted and an important activity, and so um, you know we we it's uh, it's it's um, allowed and. You know, I'm, I'm not sure of the specifics of your situation, but broadly speaking, um, childcare should continue, and, and we know that it can be done safely. And let me thank Berkeley for the call and go right to another caller. And joining us next is Tina. Tina, you're on the air. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I would just like to say, as somebody who has been in support of every single shelter-in-place order that has existed on and off for the last nine months, um, this latest one hurts really hard for children and park closures um, and playground closures. And I just don't understand how we, what can we do with our children and why parks and outdoor activities like the Oakland Zoo, um, you know, need to be shut down. Those seem very safe. I don't think, you know, COVID is being transmitted by outdoor um, playgrounds with children and wearing masks. Um, I just like to voice that a lot of parents were really angry about that one aspect of this latest shelter-in-place order. Well, let me get Dr. Moss to essentially justify it from his perspective, Dr. Moss. Yeah, and again, we're we're really uh, you know we're we're defaulting to the state's uh, order, and they they included that. Uh, you know, I, the goal really is to to reduce the settings where people can congregate. You know, I know outdoors is safer. Uh, we've we've seen that um, from from the evidence, but but we're talking about spaces where many families are are um, potentially getting together. Um, there are outdoor opportunities available. I know it's not the same, and I I'm hearing. Uh, the caller with regard to uh, the challenges of, of, you know, keeping children happy and, and healthy in, in these times. But um, hopefully there'll be a way to find other opportunities outdoors for households to, you know, to get their kids out. And, and again, um, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to align with the state as much as possible in terms of the, the specifics. Uh, let me thank Tina for the call. It brings up uh, outdoor dining, and I'm going to bring a caller on who wants to uh, address that. Joining us is Sarah from Mill Valley. Sarah, welcome. Oh, hi. I just wanted to say that this is a nail in the coffin for so many restaurants. They literally had two weeks before Christmas to make money. And I went to dine yesterday and they all had wood partitions up. They, they were being sanitized, the tables. Everyone wore masks except for they were eating. And it really seems devastating to have the outdoor dining closed as well. And I just wondered why the, 
Governor Newsom couldn't have waited two more weeks to at least give this restaurant a chance to survive. Well, thank you for that, Sarah. In fact, uh, there, let me read a couple of comments about outdoor dining that have come in by email that I add to this before we go to you, Dr. Moss. Uh, Lori writes, there's no scientific support for the outdoor dining ban. Outdoor dining, if done properly, not in tented areas or domes uh, where non-diners are separated, where groups are small and limited to household pod members only. Will the Bay Area health officers follow any ruling from L.A. County Court that decides there is no justification and support of that portion of the order? And Roger says, has outdoor dining been shown to be a source of transmission? So they're coming at it from slightly different <laughs> dimensions, if you will, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. the real question, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, let me start by saying the we have done this, uh, you know, piecemeal sector by sector approach. And I, I think it, it has worked in terms of, you know, our approach to reopening. Um, but right now, uh, the main, the overarching goal here is to just get people to stay home as much as possible. And if we start parsing out individual business and sectors, um, it, it is um, uh, very challenging to, to send that, that, that the, the big message, which is now is not the time to mix. And so, um, so I, you know, I, I, I just want to make sure that people understand that's, it's, that's more important than anyone single sector. And, it, and it's hard to send that message if there are places that we're saying, well, you know, that it's okay here and it's okay there. Um, and then similarly, I, you know, I think we, we do know that wherever you get people together, in particular where masks are off, the risk goes up. And so, um, and, and, and that risk is just amplified when there's this much COVID circulating in the community. Um, I hear what people are saying in terms of the evidence, um, but, but we really are trying to just more broadly have people stay home, avoid mixing. And, and, you know, and unfortunately, and I know it's so difficult for the industry, but, but that includes uh, outdoor dining at this time. Well, we're getting a lot of different responses uh, about many of the rules that are going into place. Let me just read one from Andrew, who is, uh, has a serious gripe that many probably share. He says, why is it that religious services can continue outside, but I can't take my daughter to a playground that has nobody on it? Why can't we actually get meaningful enforcement of the regulations so that those of us who have been following the rules aren't penalized for behavior of others who aren't? I've been a big supporter of the steps taken by Alameda County government and Berkeley city government, but I'm getting fed up. And here's Robert, who says, very easy to criticize officials like Dr. Moss, but imagine how difficult their roles are at this time. I would like to thank him for his efforts, particularly for working in concert with surrounding Bay Area counties. And uh, I think uh, your empathy with those who are frustrated that I was talking about earlier and and those people who are heartbroken in all this is, uh, I think, really important as a part of this. And I thank you for that. And Dr. Moss, final word from you again about maybe getting people to comply here and how important that is in your judgment. Yeah, well, first, I just want to I want to thanks for the message of support from the caller, but also I appreciate the, the other feedback. That's important, too. And um, and I just want to thank uh, the residents of Alameda County, but but really across the Bay Area, everyone for their sacrifices so far. It has paid off in terms of, of saving lives here, and, and I'm, I'm confident it will through this very difficult coming few weeks. And so I just want to convey my appreciation. It's really our residents who are doing the hard work. And, um, and, and believe me, from my perspective, it, it is absolutely um, um, critical. It's a partnership that we have with you all. And, and so thank you for that. And, and, and thank also you, Dr. I appreciate Moss. 
good to have you with us this uh, segment of Forum. I appreciate your being with us and also appreciate the work you're doing. And that's Dr. Nicholas Moss again, who is Alameda County Health Officer. And we are here with you Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, another hour up ahead with Mina Kim of the Forum program. You can always let us know what you think about what you hear on Forum or would like to hear by emailing us, forum at kqed.org. And please stay safe. I'm Michael Krasny. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.